0: hello and welcome to another podcast episode of the sensory approach to manual therapy i wanted to talk to everybody today about pressure and depth and in the past i've talked about it as it relates to the sensory system and Today I want to address the idea of pressure and depth as it relates to the tissue and the tissue recovery process um, so that we learn to modulate our hands-on techniques to appropriately reflect the strength of the damaged tissue um, and then how that relates to the sensory system. So I just want to quickly uh, go over the basics uh, of essentially the injury phase. And so, you know, day zero, day of onset, all the way to return to activity. Um, The day of onset, you know, we have our initial injury. We have even at a microscopic level. uh, Let's say you either cut yourself, you burn yourself, you tear your ACL, you have an impact, break a bone, uh, herniation, you know, whatever it is. The initial response of the body is going to be hemolysis. The body is going to respond. By creating uh, something called a platelet plug, be it at a microscopic level, be it interior. Yes, of course, if you have a scar on the outside of your skin, that platelet plug and the fibrin clot becomes more visible because we actually have a scab that develops. But that that process occurs inside the body as well. So that's, you know, that's day zero, essentially. And that, that continues to about day three or three to five. And then what happens is somewhere in there, depending on the severity of the injury, we have the advancing epithelial layer, which is where we begin to have um, a proliferation of different cells that will help grow new capillaries so that our blood flows return to normal, that grow new epithelial cells so that our tissue begins to recover, be it muscle, ligament, uh, skin, whatever it is. And so once that process occurs, and that that process can continue because it can get re-injured. Let's say if it's a scab, as an example, on your skin, or, um, you know, it starts healing and then you move the skin too far and the scab reopens. If you have a torn muscle, let's say a hamstring, well, inside, under the skin, this process is occurring. And every time we re-injure the hamstring, we're recreating that tear. And so we have to wait for that tissue strength to return to a higher level before applying extra stress to the, to the tissue. And that can take around uh, up to about seven to 20 days, depending on the severity of the injury. And once that 20 days is over uh, th- roughly three weeks, we start moving into more remodeling where the tissue begins to lay scar tissue down, thicker tissue, um, myofibroblasts begin to become this, uh, they differentiate to help pull the edges of the tissues together where we start finding a scar occurring or thick collagen tissue beginning to create strong resistant tissue. And the reason this becomes important is because when we're dealing with an injury, chronic, acute, or subacute, um, we need to be addressing our clients needs to go from day of injury to return to activity. And one of the first thing that happens is people try to avoid inflammation. Um, because oftentimes people uh, they associate inflammation and pain as the same thing, and even though inflammation can induce pain due to increases in pressure on the sensory system, that painful response and then inflammatory response is a very healthy thing. You know, if we don't have any inflammation in the body, you're not likely to have very much repair going on in the body, and so reducing that inflammation is not always the goal. Um, instead, allowing that inflammation to occur within a controlled level so it doesn't become chronic inflammation. So encouraging them to, you know, uh, get lymphatic massage if needed, encouraging them to continue to move, which causes the lymphatic pumps to be engaged, but move in a pain free manner. When they move in a painful manner, they're actually going to reinduce higher levels of inflammation. When they move in a pain-free manner, they're going to create cardiovascular movement and also engage the lymphatic motor muscle pump, which will encourage uh, a drainage of the lymphatic structures. And so when we're looking at things like um, this initial injury and the tissue resilience and strength as it relates to touch... We have to remember that in the beginning when that hemolysis phase has occurred, um, the risk to tissue damage is actually quite high. The tissue is already damaged. So if we go in as therapists and we apply high levels of pressure or stretch or force or whatever it is, stretching, the risk of uh, of, of damaging that tissue more is actually quite high. So as we move away from that initial hemolysis phase to the inflammation phase, the tissue damage begins to reduce, but is still quite high. The tissue strength um, versus the risk to tissue damage is only really low once we're at the end of the proliferation phase and into the remodeling phase. So we're looking at roughly three weeks or more before we start applying greater forces to the tissue. So up until that resistance up until that um, proliferation and remodeling phase, the tissue resistance is quite minimal. So our techniques need to be adapted for that, and we need to think about applying less pressure. And so when somebody comes in and they're injured, we need to start thinking about what the tissue healing timeline is going to be, what it is to to address them uh, from acute to return to play or return to activity or active daily lifestyles. So, what we look at is an acute phase. And an acute phase is traditionally the beginning, so day of onset, zero. Um, historically, we can go up to about seven days with an acute injury because in those first few days, people tend to re injure it. If they did not re injure themselves, then yes, it might only be 72, you know, three or four days. But if they've sprained their ankle and they get up and they walk and they forget about it, they're going to injure it again. So, it takes a couple days for that really to settle in depending on the injury. And then the subacute phase, depending on the severity of the injury, we're looking at roughly seven days to about three to six weeks. But again, it depends in that subacute phase, most individuals will begin feeling strong. Their pain uh, frequency is diminishing as well as their pain intensity. And so if they are smart and can control themselves, they tend not to re-injure themselves and then the acute phase might last only four to six weeks. But if they um, are too aggressive in their recovery process or they're moving with a lot of pain or grimacing, then likely they're re-injuring themselves. And that subacute phase can take, you know, up, up up to eight weeks or so, even longer. Then after that, we're getting into the remodeling phase where we start looking at, okay, now that the tissue is strong, let's make sure you're not adapting your movement. Let's think, just make sure you're not limping permanently, things like that. And that, and that you know, people talk about that as an experience that can go from six months to a few years, but as most people in manual therapy understand, and most individuals who have chronic pain is that it actually can last a, last a lifetime. Um, you know, people can can adapt their movements for permanently essentially. And so when we're looking at um, what we can do with our hands to encourage moving away from an acute phase to a subacute and then on to active daily lifestyle. We have to remember that in the beginning of the injury, one of the first goals as manual therapists is to modulate pain. You know, when they come in and they have an acute low back pain and they can barely get on your table and they can barely get up off the table, they can't get out of bed, they can't sit on a toilet easily, they're limping, they can barely move. Our goal is not to get them to move normally. And have functional movement and start lifting weights. No, your goal is to modulate pain, reduce pain, and this is where the sensory approach comes in. Uh, we talk a lot about engagement of the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems, and how to use light brushing and light techniques to really reduce pain. And so, in that acute phase, acute, uh, you know, pain management becomes the primary goal. Secondary goal is edema. Let's control the swelling, not get rid of the swelling, not reduce inflammation to the point that it's not present, meaning ice therapy. We don't necessarily want to do that. And Dr. Merkin, uh, I believe it was in 2015, published a really interesting paper on on the negative side effects of ice and the delays that it causes in recovery. Um, So instead, what we want to do is control the edema so that inflammation is allowed to stay to help with the proliferation, to help with the remodeling, but that that inflammation is not excessive. So we're going to be looking at things like lymphatic drainage. You want to look at things like suctioning. You want to look at things like kinesiotaping. You want to look at things like movement that is pain-free, that encourages the motor pump in the muscles to push lymphatic fluid through the system. But if they induce pain, then inflammation has occurred. So we want to make sure that that movement is modulated to be pain-free. And then we want to look at, you know, reducing the risk of secondary tissue damage, things like that, so that they know that they have to modify their movement short-term to reduce risk of further injury. Um, Then we're going to move into something, uh, the subacute phase. And when we begin moving into the subacute phase, we're looking, okay, the tissue is starting to heal, which means they should have the ability to perform some activities pain-free. However, we want to make sure that we're maintaining pain-free movement still, We want to make sure that they are increasing the ranges of motion and the resistance. So if they were doing their activities with no weights before, like their ABCs, maybe now they actually add a slight resistance like a can of tomato sauce or something, but they're not adding 10 pounds yet because their tissue is not strong enough. So we want to keep in mind that in that repair phase, the tissue strength is is very much what dominates the movement pattern. the the amount of movement, the frequency of movement, and the speed of their movement. And then as therapists, our technique should be changing. The tissue repair phase should dictate how much force you're applying, how much stretch you're applying, how quickly that force is being applied, um, and for how long, because we don't want to overstretch those tissues. And then lastly, we move into the remodeling phase. And when we're moving into the remodeling phase, we can begin to have a little more of a free thought process around, okay, how much pressure should I be using? Um, Because their tissue is more resistant. Now in the remodeling phase, if they still have their chronic pain, this is where we also wanna make sure that the sensory approach to manual therapy techniques that we teach in our classes and on the online course and things like that are addressed, which is where we begin looking, okay, when they remodeled this tissue, Did the tissue get remodeled in a way where they have a positive feedback loop for pain, meaning their threat perception of pain is at such a low threshold of information and stimulus that mild movement, mild stimulus, mild force replicates pain, which is traditionally what's happening with chronic pain. So we want to make sure that in the remodeling phase, we're slowly, with time, allowing that pressure in the body to increase with our techniques hands on where they're not getting grimaces induced, where they're not guarding, they're not resisting your movement. When they're doing activities at home, they are paying attention to not induce a grimace to not induce that same resistance so that their body learns over time that that increased level of input does not duplicate grimacing or pain. And then with repetition, that remodeling will begin to address the fact that this new level of pressure or input is not inducing pain. And with repetition, that becomes the new norm. And in that remodeling phase, they start moving away from chronic pain. So I just wanted everybody to think about that really quickly because uh, a dear friend of mine recently had his Achilles, uh, he had an Achilles rupture and he had to get a surgery for it. And uh, he was asking, him and I were talking about this a little bit. And it got me thinking about um, tissue resistance and tissue resilience as it relates to manual therapy touch and how often manual therapy touch, um, you know, a lot of manual therapists learn how to be either light touchers or deep touchers, but they don't necessarily learn how to progress their touch as the injury changes. And any, any decent therapist should have the ability to change their pressure based on the client's needs that day, but also on the injury's needs and the chronic pain's needs That given day so this whole process of hemolysis and the inflammatory response the proliferation response the the remodeling response the no no inflammation no repair response a lot of that information is available just generally online but if you also want another location uh, sensoryapproach.com i have that information on my e-course and we go through the biochemistry of it and the processes that are occurring. To, uh, we also relate it to the sensory approach modalities learning how much pressure should we be using, depending on the phase and things like that. Um, and if you guys have any questions about this podcast, please feel free to contact us at sensoryapproach.com on Instagram. Send us a message. I'll try to answer it. Uh, if we can't, we'll, we'll answer it in a QA. and a And I hope you guys had a great day. And I hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. The time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart, that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to indicate to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all.